Hello, and welcome to EO Audio. I'm Managing Editor Daniel Wattenberger, and today we sit down with Tom Baylor, who's running for Umatilla County Commissioner against incumbent Bill Elfring. you to this area and, and just a little bit of background history on yourself. I came to this area in 1993 to work for the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. I was the first in-house archaeologist hired by the tribe, non-Indian archaeologist. And uh, worked for the tribe for 17 years and covered a wide gamut of different issues. I rose from uh, built a cultural resource program with a team, obviously the team worked as a team, came to the cultural resource protection coordinator, went on to move in the Department of Science and Engineering, had several titles, you can go find my details on my website, and basically moved into policy analysis in the long run, dealing with the cleanup of the Hanford Nuclear Reservation, the health of the Columbia River, the Army Depot, air quality, go on and on and on, covered a lot of different issues. Work for the tribe, um, you know, there's a degree of specialization, but it's also a reality you've got to cover two states, three sometimes Idaho, as well as the federal government. Work with about every agency you can name in one capacity or another. Read many EISs, commented on lots of them. I don't know how much detail you want. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, where you come? My Vita is on the, uh, on the website. Uh, okay. I graduated from St. Mary's College of Maryland. Okay. Okay. It's a state college, honors college in Maryland. And I uh, got my master's degree at Thomas Agnew University. Okay. And where'd you grow up? Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Okay. But I moved to Oregon in 19. And that's actually gets me to my campaign. I think sure. one of the most important things is community. There's too many people living here who don't think they're from around here. And I have talked to a lot of people, people who have raised their kids here who still don't think they're from around here. Okay? Mm-hmm. Lots of them. So it's a weird phenomenon. Uh, we certainly, from town to town, got an outsider mentality. Oh, you're from over there. You're from over there. I, I think we don't do our community service when we start trying to make competition up and down every hill. For example, between us and them. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault that Hermes is moving and we have other political campaigns affecting us here in Pendleton. We block landlines. So there's a lot of different things like that we have to look at. We have a huge amount of immigration coming into Portland. Maybe not as fast as some people Many people I know in Portland are starting to look at cost of living going, hmm, Eastern Oregon looks pretty good. So, yeah, I think uh, I think community is one of the things we have to get to if we're going to get to economic development. And I don't think you can just go run it for an economic development plan when everybody thinks they're an outsider. Okay. Right, and, and that's and that's why you're running for the position to to. to yeah, I'm running for the position because we've got a generation that represents us. What about 14 percent of our county, 70 plus and up, or 65 and up, hmm. representing all of us? I'm running for the county for 2050. My daughter and her kids. I don't know that this generation. I grew up in a technology environment. Technology's not a thing; it's an environment. And uh, you can go talk about future jobs. You didn't grow up with all that. You don't even know what they are. Hmm. And not that any of us do. Many of the jobs are being invented as we speak. The drone industry. Yes, all off the shelf, driving the FAA and the FBI nuts. Because I can buy a drone and a $20 camera and hook the two together all on my own. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so this isn't like somebody from the outside that's just bigfoot from that. This is something we actually need. We need startups. Okay. There's a lot of potential here, synergy. But I think the other side is a lack of participation when only retired people are running for office. That is a problem. Okay? They're not hungry anymore. I'm sorry. I'm looking at, uh, you know, a lot of different things. And uh, there's a lot going on. I think changes are pretty fast, and uh, we need diverse representation and leadership. We don't have. And so, um, how should the county approach these these tech these these, these uh, ups, like drone range in particular? Should the county be is the county interested enough in that, or should do you think it should take a different approach? Well, I don't know. Have you read the county's economic development uh, strategy? <laughs> Not closely. Yeah, this little list of things. Yeah, I think if you had to rank that compared to beer, wine, and whiskey, mm-hmm. you're talking about a what billions and billions of dollars industry. So yeah, I think the county commissioners are really. Smart. Okay. on the impact of where the drones are going on the planet. Yeah, I really do. Um, I, you keep hearing things like, we don't have the skill sets around here. We haven't talked to anybody under the age of 21. Yeah. <laughs> we do have the skill sets. I disagree with that. I think, uh, you know, people have to learn things. You know, I talked to guys who are leading some of the industries in town, and you got to train people. That's true, but the talent's there. I mean, you might have to wade through a few people to get to some mm-hmm. people. That's like any workforce you guys have out there. Probably here. It's pretty tricky, man. But, yeah, I think uh, that's a good example of, gosh, yeah, my experience of, like, say, working with assistant secretaries and different agencies, yeah, I think there's an area where we need to be riding the FAA about airspace management a lot more aggressively than we have right now. One of the things we have an advantage of is we don't have air traffic here. We used to see that as a liability. We lost our airport. But the fact is we don't have any money coming here to create this big block of experimental airspace that we actually can use and develop. It's going to change very quickly. They're even predicting, I think, looking at future forecasting, which works very hard, that the United States will actually redo all its airspace by like, you know, 2037 or something. You've seen these flights, the videos they show of flights flying in and out at night in the daytime in the graphics. You know about that? Mm-hmm. Big old hole over there. Mm-hmm. That makes it good for drones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on my website, I actually have a couple TED Talks on there, including the future of flying machines. What you think you know about drones? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You start looking at computer programs. We're actually at Star Wars in terms of ability to fly formations and unmanned aircraft. Uh-huh. I don't think people realize drones also mean full-size airplanes. Right. You know, they think of little tinker toys. Yeah. Right? No, we have a world-class runway up there that you can land major jets on. Uh-huh. These are the type of drones. Ultimately, if we want to go into the right. industry, we have to be aware of may come and you know go pursue those activities. But I think our tower for drone traffic should be as busy as you. Yeah, maybe one economic development if that's your goal. At some point, you might want to cut that. You know, because you know, there's when you have an airport, everybody complains about noise and all these things. So we're going to run into those growing pains in the future too. And we already have them. People out there, you know, yeah. what are you doing out there? You're worried about drones? <laughs> yeah. That's my first thing because when I ran last time, I'd hear that all the time. You know, like, don't drone drone. Am I going to get a tag for those? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, you're saying we got to go pursue economic development, but you don't want that. You know, so often. People contradict themselves. Mm-hmm. I ran into that a lot the last time. So I would have, for example, people saying, we need smaller government, smaller government, smaller government. We need more cops. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Okay, on the other hand, my left-leaning friends, we got to get off carbon fuel. we got to get off carbon fuel. We can't have any wind turbines. Okay? <laughs> uh, you know, so I understand where we, we find ourselves in policy. We, we, we do this to ourselves. And every one of us here do that, probably, mm-hmm. 
views that actually conflict with each other. It's, it's mm -hmm. and, uh, that's something we, that's a tricky spot. I think, uh, well, some of our county commissioners' lack of bipartisan or nonpartisan approach is actually kind of pissing me off, honestly, personally, because I think right now American politics, this is destroying us. The county commissioner in our county is a nonpartisan issue, and I think it's very important that we maintain that you know, I'll pick on George a little. Here's a guy who's an educator who probably sent a lot of kids down to that valley to learn them liberal things at the University of Oregon, Oregon State, and who have moved back out here, actually. So I think the blue's been created when that example has been creeping out in the Columbia River Valley for a long, long time, and you really have a generational thing. And a lot of older people are still fighting that battle, and shoot, most young people aren't, aren't even involved. They don't. They don't care. Most of them are. I mean, they're not even registered. Well, they may be at the point yet yeah. because of the change in the law. <laughs> right. But yeah. as far as, like, knowledge of who's running about what, shoot, you get anybody past Donald Trump in a conversation, good luck. You know, young youth, mm -hmm. anyway, or Bernie, that's yeah. where they go. But when you get into depth of issues, it's not there. And a lot of people just checked out. I can't even tell you how many people have asked me. Yeah. And I find that just, wow. Yeah. We need to do something to inspire more young Participate in a lot of ways. City government would be crazy. Yeah. We'll give you a couple of young people running for city, penalty city seats. That's a good thing. At least you got to Well, you know, I thought last time when I ran, we had a bunch of us running. Yeah. We see more people inspired to stand up. And several people I thought were good candidates chose not to. One of them, as far as I'm concerned, went to a bigger black hole. <laughs> called the tribe. I'm mm -hmm. sure that's but they understand where they're coming from and, and be good talent for them. But you know, that told me a little bit about the litmus test of city politics. If you really go from that hole to that one, you know, that's what we see without stepping up. That's a rough thing, mm -hmm. right? Right, right. And, oh, what statues? I can't, I can't figure it out. You know? <laughs> you know, but anyways, yeah, it's more serious than that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think um, – let me get back to community a little bit because you kind of opened with that. I'm just curious what, what – as a county commissioner, what you, what you feel you, you can do to kind of bring well, what that – What I think we need, and you see this on my Facebook, is we need a vision for 2050. Right now we're marching with all these blind things. we got to do this, 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 but we don't have a vision. We don't have any strategic planning that I'm aware of, and I've been looking, maybe it's out there, um, to get us to 2050 in different areas public health, economics, what do we think it should look like, you know, those two generations down the line, what's your kids going to be doing, what type of jobs will they have? Uh, those of us who are, you know, on the line of the tech line, I'm Gen X, I'm first, I grew up with a Commodore VIX line, I know, I mean, you said, I got friends working at Silicon Valley who speak all kinds of programming, our school system is even close to teaching them, right, we've got to get, we've got to carve our niche, we need to have a so I'll, I'll use an example here. South, Seoul, South Korea, San Francisco. Technology's invented in San Francisco. It's implemented in Seoul, South Korea, and they are 10 years, if not 20 years ahead of infrastructure development for information management technology in San Francisco. How far do you guys think we are behind San Francisco? Where do we want to be in 2050? Okay? We don't want to be where Seoul and South Korea are today in 2050. We want to be closer to where they will be. We may not get there exactly, but if we want to move into drones and high-techs and server farms and all these things, we need to go towards high-tech farming. We're going to need some major infrastructure planning, some thought process to go into it to figure out how do we lay that out so that we 
founding? Because I mean, you listen to these interviews, you know, on coffee hour. How do you guys choose to be on the committee? Well, we kind of pick our interest. That's not a strategy. Okay, well, we really need three guys that can interchange from meeting to meeting to meeting. Take Boardman to Hemingway, big headache, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the United States hasn't built a new piece of grid in how long? Like, looks around here, they haven't, okay? Yeah. Here we're getting a brand new battery of 500 kilovolt between, you know, Boardman and Hemingway. State of the art, well, almost. It's not a smart grid. If our county commissioners were on the ball when they proposed it, they said, how do we get our power off? How do we use that to develop smart grid technology? So let's compare that to Larry. He's doing a good job. Okay, we'll send some EMTs to help over after Cascadia. Well, Cascadia happens on worst-case scenario. That's a Having a Boardman to Hemingway 500 kilovolt asset in our backyard will allow us to help people. Okay, what we got is another county commission plan. We're going to lose a little bit of farmland. That's not what it's about. They're not happy with the check they're getting. Okay, at least that's how people perceive it. Anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true either. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like it's a hassle. <laughs> what? That's a major, that could be. If you're talking about economic development bill, how do, you can't get any water out at the depot. Solar might, might, I don't know, might be a good option. When you haven't talked to these guys about how we get our juice on there or mm -hmm. get juice off of there, are we really doing strategic planning? Okay. No, we're not. You know, and everybody, what you got is, uh, in my mind, too many people, and this is the old school way of doing things, certainly the way the tribe does it, but I can understand it, is reactionary instead of response. As soon as somebody, often a vocal minority, says, no, all of a sudden everybody's saying no. Nobody knows why the first guy said no. I mean, I see this type of trend again and again and again and uh, in different ways. But that's just one example of looking at, say, that project. In your previous uh, work, have you had, it's been part of your job to kind of explain the process to the layman, or it seems like a lot of your job has been working kind of with people that are experts in specific fields. Have you have you had that, and, and is that important for a county commissioner? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I work for a tribe. You know, to build workers, I had to come up, practically pack their lunch, take them to work, teach them their job, and do it. I mean, when you go to work for the tribe, people say, we got to do this, this, this. you got to say, well, no, there's a thing called federal law, there's a process. And that goes with every job. People want their way and don't know what the rules are, you know, things like mm -hmm. this. And that's a, a challenge. You know, we need to do a lot more education. I think the little piece you guys did in the paper the other day, that's almost it's good, but it's like you guys in KUMA need to find a way to get civics into our classroom on a more regular basis. Because some of the questions, you know, that people are coming up and, you know, asking, you know, are stuff that's probably covered in, you know, basic social studies, right. you know, honestly. Yeah. Like, people don't even know what a county commissioner does. Mm -hmm. you know, well, we write, we write about them ten times a month, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the classroom's yeah. not our... <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, no, but getting into the classroom, yeah, yeah. you know, type of thing. Uh, I mean, you know, here we got the, you know, the nexus between legislation and administration. Sure. Pretty yeah. simple. Okay. That's the job description. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. there's more to it than that, obviously, depending on your appointments and issues at hand. But um, I don't know... Most people realize that's probably one of the more important forms of government. They're worried about Donald Trump. Donald Trump ain't going to change things as quickly as these guys can. Change or not change, and not changing is putting us in danger. Mm -hmm. you know, and 
And I like all these guys. Don't get me wrong. I just kind of think we're operating on AOL. We got to get to Google, man. <laughs> about innovation. I mean, I could, I could. Everything these guys, Bill, is working on, say, on economic development, is good. But I have a whole different understanding of that based on you know technology. It's not a thing to me. I, mm-hmm. I understand in a lot of ways. I think uh, having grown up with, with the environment and what we're going to go towards, I don't know that a guy who grew up on the era of World War II can. Any of them can. Mm-hmm. You know? and it's not that they don't offer a lot of good skills. They do. Clearly they do. Um, in fact, an ideal situation would be to win and then would have three or nine months, basically, in county commissioners mm-hmm. to, to get on the learning curve. I mean, you got Larry's got, you know, ton of knowledge already there. You got George who, you know, huge amount of administrative education experience and Bill with a huge amount of, you know, experience of his own and stuff. So I, I think that wouldn't be bad. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, there's more to be done. I don't know that they are the right guys to gauge our generation. I, that's the one they're checked out, you know. And when I go and talk to them, they're like, who? Huh? They don't even know who their county commissioners are. Mm-hmm. This is I can't tell you how frustrating that makes me. That's the post I'm after. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, know, you know, they don't care. You know, if they care, they would be lost such hope that they're checking out uh-huh. you know, war, war, World of Warcraft or smoking meth. I don't know. You know, hopefully not that bad, but yeah. clearly the, our substance abuse and addiction issues are part of a lot of Americans checking out because of the hopelessness. So if you look at public health issues, there's a mental health component. You know? Well, speaking of, uh, of substances, uh, what do you think the county's approach to marijuana should be? Is, is it? Uh... Well, I don't know. That's the, the county approach. On I think it's a more complex issue. I mean, if you look at it, it breaks down with uh, the public safety issue, the public health issue, it's an economic issue, and it's a democratic issue. Mm-hmm. And so here you have the democratic citizens of Oregon voted to decriminalize it, and uh, you know this county. Uh, what I wrote a piece. You guys read it, right? Yeah. Seven thousand people voted for it, or thirteen against it. Was. But if you say, uh, say public safety, I think right now we're doing a huge disservice to public safety right now by keeping the status quo to kids from the age of about 14 to 21 are smoking pot just like they always do. Okay, by having a line at 21, that's a clear line. I think that's a problem. I think in public safety, uh, at least at one website I looked at, that Pendleton's the 17th most dangerous town in Oregon. Now, I didn't check all their research. <laughs> is this a nerd wallet or one of those sites? No, or is it actually, there's quite a few of them out there, okay, and yeah. it actually has to do. So I have a daughter, 13. You know what I'm worried about? Biggest risk to her? Sexual violence from men. Statistically, bar none. Okay? Aggravated assault is probably a far bigger public safety issue for young people than cannabis right now. As far as a gateway drug, junk food is a gateway drug. Okay? You know, I know tons about this subject matter, okay? You know, sit there, you know, when people start from day one, get on high fructose corn syrup, people feeding their kids, activates the same pleasure centers in your brain as crack cocaine. And then people want to say, weed is a gateway drug, and then feed their kids crap? I don't know. Uh, I think that's a tricky issue. Economics, I don't think the economics are as good as people would think. We're not the west side, we don't have the demographics, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, Medical marijuana patients being discriminated in democracy. One of the most important parts of democracy is to protect the minority, those with the minority point of view. And here we're not. And again, I think we're allowing a status quo that I think is very dangerous. Now, the reality is, I couldn't change it if I wanted to. It takes three counties, two county commissioners, mm-hmm. and all that. But I do think there's a, a lot of big 
Now, economics, real money's in fuel, fibrils, and nutraceuticals. Okay? That's where we need to go in agriculture. Okay? If you look at, say, the modern BMWs and Mercedes, they're actually using hemp plastics in the design of their cars. Okay? Saskatchewan is sending lots of it to us. Okay, fuel. Canola grows more fuel. Now, I've got a friend who's an expert in biodiesel. Homework on it, but it doesn't produce the fiber and the other value-added properties. But that's the type of question. If you look at the board of commissioners or oversee the agriculture research service, so the real question there is, at least on that, is getting some meaningful research done with that. Uh, when I look at the committee, they did what probably everybody would. It's not the right thing. When you get people get up and they say they have a moral objection to something in a country where you have a separation of church and state, then you're not going to get objective. Now, democracy, of course, hasn't ratified the rights of women, right? That's right. Okay, so not without its flaws, okay? So even though democratically we might have voted for it, a bad idea embraced by millions is still a bad idea. But it is now legal. Okay, so, you know, we've got to respect that. I do think, I'll tell you what, talking to a lot of people, there's a hard generational line that goes hmm. a hard one. And, you know, and... Uh, so I'll tell you, I'd be more open to the discussion. Where it's going to go, I don't know. I mean, that's because i got to represent a constituency. I can't represent five forms. But at the end of the day, uh, I think there are far more real risks to hardship in this country. Climate change is by far, like you said, that's almost all of them. It's staggering. More women have been killed in the United States at the hand of a man since 9-11 than have died in all the wars in did you listen to Coffee Hour this morning? We were talking about domestic violence and rape and all that in our own county. I was working. Yeah, are <laughs> you well? If yeah. you're covering news in this county, which Thurman's Coffee Hour might save you a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I news about I everybody. I disagree. I disagree. I've disagree. read your papers. I've listened to a ton of them, and I think that's a very biased look at things. I, I don't think that's true at all. I think uh, he interviews on a regular basis real people. You hear their voices, and he asks them straightforward questions. Didn't personally, whatever. But if you look for the last year on Coffee Hour, all the executives in this county that he's had on there, okay, it's pretty amazing, all right? And they got more freedom than I get a soundbite, but you guys decide. Right. I get my own soundbite when I'm on the radio, okay? So, uh, you know, it's two different forms of media. I'm all right with your critique of it as news, okay? I, I agree with that. I mean, you need multiple sources of information, but when I, again, prepare, and if, since I ran last time, um, uh, Coffee Hour is a lot more exciting than the online county commissioner meetings. There's only about 80 of us who click and watch them. Are you one of them? I actually attend most of them. Oh, you attend them. All right, all right. So I look, there's like some of them 20 people watch, some you know, yeah. 10 people watch. Yeah, about it. I'm one of them, so yeah. I'm kind of, uh, you know. Who did you say was on this morning? He's oh, the, I, got, I can't remember her name right off the top. It's our, uh, someone from the county? Yeah, or? county for a department. Uh, let me do it in a second here. She <laughs> was talking about uh, basically uh, unreported rape and crime that's okay. going on in this, this county. Okay. Anyway, you can go look at that. Well, that, that, that transitions nicely into public safety. Then. Do, do you think that the county should approach public safety in a different way than it has? I guess specifically the dispatch center's been, been a bit of an issue in the last last couple of years. Is, well, that's kind of the sheriff's you know, thing. I mean, on the county commissioner, we've got, we have to fund what we can fund and look at. I think the one I find the most interesting, I, that's a big question. That's a, sure. more yeah. than we have enough time to get into. But it's communication, right? <laughs> I mean, I got, 
got terrorists beating the U.S. military with off-the-shelf technology. FBI can't even get any cell phones. Okay, Why, what's our communication problem? Have we gone too high tech? I felt safer in Umatilla County when I could have my scanner on, and I knew what was going on. With all this emphasis on secrecy and law enforcement, I feel less safe. Okay, I can't listen to my scanner. So you think the sheriff's office is too secret? I'm thinking in general as a trend. Law enforcement is a culture, okay? And I think, you know, we got to look at it at a bigger level. The fact that we have what? I don't think we got to look at it at a bigger level. I think we have to bring it down to a local level to, a, to what's happening here for, for Umatilla County with, with the Umatilla County Sheriff's Office. I mean, do you think that, you, the, that the sheriff isn't telling people enough what they need to know to be safe? Do you think that they have an information gap or technology gap themselves in trying to protect what the public? What I said was when we went into these secret things and we, we, you and I can't listen to the police scanner anymore. You ever do that? We listen to it every day. Every day? You get everything? We get a lot. I don't okay. know if we get everything. We, okay. get, we have a newsroom well, scanner. Okay, when the tribes change, everybody's trained. They all move to these new crystals and you get right. some of it. You don't get all of it. Yeah, I think a lot of information went out of the public purview at that point in time. Now, as far as the sheriff and reporting, go online and get actual statistics from your sheriff's office. There really isn't any. Okay? So, yeah, I think there's a lot more room for transparency across this country and law enforcement in explaining what's going on. They got the toughest job out there next to the leaders at Walmart. I mean, what, we got 11 deputies for 2,200 square miles. I mean, it's a tough job. Um, and so I'm not, I, you know, I, we need probably a few more people out there to do that, I think a bigger problem, back to the culture, is how many law enforcement jurisdictions we got in the county. And then look at the pay structures. I mean, you guys did a good job saying a top salary and the top cop, but you guys didn't even put the bottom salary in there. That's the guys taking the bullets. <laughs> you know? You guys didn't even cover the full story there. Okay? And, then, and the percentage difference, we see the same thing in our coordinated care organization. CEOs are making top dollars, and the people changing people's diapers are making less than minimum wage. We've got some problems, yeah. I think in cops and law enforcement, I, I don't know the answer to it, though, is I look at the fire district on the west side and what we're going to fire and wonder if there's a way to get better coverage by trying to get law enforcement to work together. There's often resistance jurisdiction, things. And I, don't, I haven't had a chance to dive in and work with a lot of cops, but I will tell you, you got... Umatilla County, who has very, or Umatilla, the city, Umatilla has a high crime rate. And here you got a case where a woman's making what, $85,000, supervising 11, 12 people, no free water, less crime. He's making, what, 117, 112, whatever, <laughs> supervising the same amount of people. So I think law enforcement has a lot of work to do. I think, if anything, the sheriff's office is getting the worst end of the deal compared to the rest of the law enforcement agencies in this county. They've got to serve. Subpoenas, they got to deal with taking people down to jail. I mean, the amount of work they've got to do compared to the other cops is amazing. And then when I look at the salaries of all that, that seems kind of backwards to me. But again, uh, you know, I don't know how to fix that exactly. I think it's a bigger issue because you need revenue. Problem is, how you explain to Mr. Littlefish that you're now a revenuer? <laughs> and the issue that he likes to hate. Right. Exactly. I asked the lady that, well, she hated it. I've been asking everybody. That's the question. Yeah, the most controversial about. And um, and when it came down to, she was mad because her kids smoked pot. When I finally got to the bottom of it, but what I couldn't believe, I said, well, if the county, because you know, you're trying to get your revenue, if we were legalizing, put that money towards law enforcement, would that be okay? 
But she's also saying there's not enough patrol mm-hmm. out in rural county where she lives, right? Mm-hmm. And no. So, I, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. You said there's contradictions <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, people it's like, wow, wow, wow. But so I, I think, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of room for improvement. I think there's a huge us and them mentality of the general population towards cops. Okay? And I think there's a lot of work to be done, and I think that's community development. I really do. I think uh, firefighters, everybody smiles, you know, they put money in their change. You can't cops everybody. <gasps> you, know, you know, it's really sad. You know, how, how do we fix that? I don't know we can, but uh, clearly I think uh, there's some issues there. Are there other topics? Well, I think, right I think well, going back a little bit to the economic development, the county, of course, has invested a few million dollars in the Eastern Reinvent Trade Center in Hermiston. What's your what's your take on on EOTech? Well, that's like that's something I'm actually going to inherit. That's something I it's already balls rolling, right? You know, it's not something I can say one way or the other. Actually, I think um, you know, obviously the fairgrounds where they were and what's going on there in Hermiston, uh, they need to grow. That space is probably worth more <laughs> at something else with schools as opposed to there. So I think that was a pretty logical choice to move it. I think um, my biggest thing, I think it's too fair oriented, maybe. And, you know, its goal is to be bigger. Um, I'll give you an example. It's a little off a little bit, but let's look at horse culture. Dying. Very few people. A lot of people own horses barely know how to ride them. Okay. My wife, that's what she does full time. She's a field biologist. You guys, you'd be shocked at how this hooked up everybody's tacky is walking down the street here. You know, we've been very lucky, actually. And in some cases, we haven't been. We've had accidents. But if you look at it, it's so oriented towards the fair, but we really don't have things that are bringing, like, what about Mexican rodeo, for example? You know, when I talked about that last time, you know, I got what I would say borderline racist comments back from people about, if not borderline, that's <laughs> yeah, well, taste, okay? You know, and I didn't like that, but there's a huge, you know, whole other culture that does horses that could do. What about dressage and equestrian arts and all these other things? There is no regional, you know, the roundup little pavilion they got here, that's way too small for bringing any real equestrian. Um, so I think something like that could actually help us grow some of the things that we're actually once known for, you know. But I don't know, honestly, enough about it uh, as far as the fair part, you know, where and how they've got into their agenda and what they're doing. But I don't know when they're going to bring. We're not towards destiny. I mean, unless you, I, I don't know what they're going to bring here. I kind of worry about that. Like a limited extent, but they've been saying trade center, trade center. So I think it's something we got to build from one end. Again, I'll pick up the horses. We can use that to build our community to do a whole lot of different things. Really, people milk three waters and one dog over Hermes. That's pretty much what they say. Okay. I mean, you go ask them yourself. I have for yeah. the last two weeks. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, they almost want to beat a wall of us. But it's our, it's like one of our gems. It's a beautiful place up there and you know, stuff like that. Hmm. So I, I think, um, yeah, there's, I think it, we got to grow and we got to do something. And clearly, uh, but I guess go get the fair. I want to come back to that a little. There's something else that's got to change. You know, I've gone to the fair every year, especially since my daughter's been born, taking her there. Where's the modern stuff? I don't know what that is exactly. Best ink in the county? <laughs> a whole generation, you know, for example. You know, I don't know what, you know, there's probably, you know, local musician competitions, whatever. There's probably more we could do there. And it's kind of fallen from the generation who has carried it forward to this point, the things they were good at, what we haven't volunteerism's done all the way around in this county everywhere. We haven't stepped up to help. Myself is guilty. 
You know, there are a lot of people think they're round the boss is that group of people, and they're dying for volunteers. So, you know, families are moving on, their people aren't here, and, you know, there's still this mentality, oh, it's those people. So, okay, yeah. we need to start stepping up doing more. So I think part of the fair, things like the Roundup, EOTC, really involves our generation figuring out how we're going to engage. Because we, I work with community athletes all the time. That's what I call them, all these seniors that volunteer. They're doing their blood drives, they're in your soup kitchens. They're all over the place. They're not going to be here for them. And what we don't have, we have mass attrition of people not stepping up and helping out. You know, and I think part of the solution is the EOTC will be getting more people involved so more ideas can germinate. So there you go. So I think they did good. That's another example. Let's go from AL. Let's get to Google, whatever that is for that. But FAIR, that's an interesting, out of all this, I'd say it's my one thing I, you know, least familiar with. I've never had to organize or do a FAIR. I was not in 4-H, you know, or anything like this. Um, but my daughter's very interested in all that stuff. Yeah. Good. Well, I think I think there's there's one more question. That is, uh, Tom Beeler, why should uh, voters in Umatilla County pick you as their next commissioner? Well, you have to wait and listen to my answer on Bush Thurman on Thursday. I'm guessing <laughs> here and see. No, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a lot of reasons. I think uh, generational diversity. I think is very very important. I think right now, you know, um, this is time to move forward. You know, 2050 more than we realize. And what we do today isn't going to make any changes for about 10 years. Typically about how it goes. And so while Bill and all these guys have done a good job and are saying all the right things, um, I think I have a, an understanding of the need for a community vision and get a dialogue so that we can get there. Okay, so you look at ag science. I'll give you another one. Okay, you got a commissioner grumping about the blue, even though we got wolves listed and water. <laughs> Think that would stop somebody from coming out. Are we going to just give them because the county's in charge of the water master and the integrated water system? Are we going to give you know 15 major industries for water on the end of the county and watch it blow away in the wind like I watch every time I drive down the hill? Are we actually going to move to modern ag science and start growing farm Because we don't have that much more A1 land to expand into. Okay? It doesn't exist. In fact, Hermiston's moving into the A1 land. That's a People laughed at me last time when I said between Hermiston and Boardman, you're talking, I don't know when, 2050, 2100? Look at the climate change data. And again, talk about scenario-based planning. Even if you don't believe in it, you should plan for it just in case it's true. Some of us looking at science and aren't afraid of science, okay? I think the lack of scientific literacy Why vote for me? Because I'm part of the future. I might actually be here in 2050. <laughs> <laughs> okay? You know, I mean, I think, I, again, these guys are all good, but we have one generation representing.